0: You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleaver, Texas, and meets on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit hopechurchcleburne.com. So about six years ago, my wife and I had been married about two and a half, three years, and we decided... That we would, we would have a baby. So we planned, as, as much planning as you can do for that. Um, and suddenly, it became real to me. There was a point that it became real. My wife, she was sleeping. Um, she slept one day, 18 hours straight. And I said, babe, I think something's up. She's like, No, I'm good. I'm just tired. I said, You sure you're not pregnant? No. No, I'm not pregnant. So me being the good husband that I am, and many of you that know me know that, uh, what, what are you laughing at? Come on now. I went and got her a, uh, a pregnancy test. Now, that's love right there. Anybody ever gone to buy a pregnancy test for their wife? Yeah, that's, that's love right there. Because everybody, the, everybody in the store looks at you like, why are you buying a pregnancy test? Is there something I don't understand? Anyway, um, and so I brought it home and then I hear from the other room of the house, Todd! And I knew before she even spoke a word what the result of the test was. And that's funny, we can laugh about that now, but, but you know, I was happy for my wife, we hugged and kissed and then we got to tell all the family and then boom, it hit there's another person coming into this world that relies totally on me. Now, it's, it's one thing. You know, when you get married, you rely on your spouse. But my wife can take care of herself without me. This little baby's coming to the world depending 100% on us. It's like, wow. It's like the weight of the world fell on my shoulders. And I can imagine... What Mary was going through. Now, today we start our new series, Caroling. We'll be going through several different of our favorite Christmas songs, talking about theology within them. Today we're talking about, obviously, Mary Did You Know, which that was my favorite version of Mary Did You Know. There is no other better version than that. Uh, And I don't care if you have a different opinion because it's wrong. Um, And so, but for Mary, can you imagine? Theologians would say she was probably anywhere from the age of 12 to 15, and she was pregnant. She had never been with a man, but yet she was pregnant. And now an angel tells her, you are not only pregnant, but you are going to bear the Messiah, the King of the Jews. And and she she was a good Jew, so she knew that a Messiah was coming to take over and to free her people and all of this weight was on her. But what was her response? So that's what we're gonna talk about today. So if you've got your Bibles, go to Luke chapter one. Luke chapter one, we're gonna be there. Luke is my favorite gospel. Uh, if you haven't figured it out by now, I do, a lot of, I do a lot of the gospel preaching from Luke. If it's not your favorite, that's all right. One day you'll get saved and you'll understand which one should be your favorite. It's okay, they're all good, but here's the thing. We're gonna be in Luke chapter one, we'll start in verse 46, but Mary's song. Today, we're talking about Mary's song. Now, it's a song, it's a prayer, it's her reaction dealing with all of the stress that she's having to deal with, that hey, I'm about to birth the savior of the world. And Mary introduces us to the work of Jesus, the saving work of Jesus, the one that it would minister to the poor, the humble, and the unknown. Because guys, if you don't know anything about the ministry of Jesus, Jesus did not come so that great people would lift it up. He came so that those were less fortunate, the poor, those that were humble. He came for those people. In fact, Jesus could have come to this world as an heir to the throne. He could have come to this world as someone that was important, but he came to this world as a poor carpenter. In fact, I, I joked a little bit with the first service, but it's really not a joke, that we love the smells of Christmas. The smells of Christmas were cinnamon, chocolate. What are some other smells of Christmas? Come on. Yeah, whatever you said. Um, I have ADD. When you all talk at the same time, I can't hear you. Anyway, um, there's all these scents of the season. I heard somebody say butterscotch, mint. But really, the first thing that our Savior smelt when he came into this world was probably manure. I joked, that's the true scent of Christmas. Jesus smelt that. That was his first inkling in the world. He came from heaven with the Father. To this earth, So Christmas, we celebrate in big grandeur, but really Christmas is about the humbleness of our Savior. So today what we're talking about is we're talking about the two truths of God that are found in Mary's song. What are true, two truths about our Savior that are found in Mary's song? So let's read Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 46. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked upon the humble estate of his servant. For behold, now, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mightier has done great things for me, and, in, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. The first truth I want you to understand this morning is that he is a God of undeserved grace he is a god of undeserved grace and so if you'll notice she calls her unborn child a savior who needs a savior sinners need a savior so even as she's talking about her child she's saying that even he is coming to save me You know, what we have to understand is we can't look at the Bible through our context. We have a New Testament context. Mary was still under the Old Testament context. Mary knew that that if you you broke the law, you had to make sacrifices. Uh, You had to to be holy. You had to bring them to the priest. And there was a long process to have atonement for sin. But Mary knew that her son was coming to make a way. Now we talk about, What did Mary know? What did Mary not know? Mary probably didn't know all the specifics of him walking on water, healing a blind man. She knew he was special. She knew he came to save the world. She just didn't know how he was going to do it. And she didn't know that she was going to have to watch her baby suffer on the cross for you. But what she did know was that he was special. And so guys, what you have to understand is God loves you and cares for you regardless of what you've done. It's much, much in the way if you have children. I love my, my youngest Isaiah. Last night, in fact, Teresa, she, uh, apparently she'd done something wrong. So she made me some, some uh, chicken and dumplings. I haven't figured out what she's done wrong yet, but they were really good. Uh, I'm joking. Teresa never does anything wrong. Right, Teresa? Okay. Almost never. Kid says almost never. You're gonna get in trouble, man. <laughs> so anyway, she brought us chicken and dumplings over to the house for dinner last night, and they were good. I mean, I'm not—I'm gonna tell you—you're missing out. I wish there was some left, but there's not. Um, and so Isaiah was sitting in his chair, and and I was I was helping, uh, bathing Noah, so I wasn't quite ready to eat. So I walk in, and Isaiah has chicken on his tray. Chris had pulled out the chicken from the chicken and dumplings, and he was sitting there eating it, and he was. He was chowing down. But the problem arose when he ran out of chicken. He looked at me instead of saying, please, Father, could you breeze, please bring me some more chicken? No. He looked at me and go, eh, eh. and he would, his volume would increase until I looked at him. And so, you know what made the incessant whining stop? More chicken on the food tray. Now, Isaiah could care less that dad had not eaten yet. In fact, the entire time I was eating, he'd run out of chicken and I'd have to get him some more. He'd run out of chicken and he'd go, ah, and those of you parents know what you have to do. (coughs) Right, you set your bowl down, you stop eating, you go get the boy some more chicken. But here's the thing. Did that little boy do anything to deserve that love from me? No, he's just my son. And I love him and I care for him. And there's nothing that he can do even stopping me from eating my chicken and dumplings. There's not a lot of people in this world that I'm gonna stop eating for. So if you see me at a restaurant, don't ask me to stop because I don't love you that much. But my son, I will stop eating for him. And that's what, what, that's what we're saying to you, guys, is that God loves you. You are his child. And there's nothing that he wouldn't do to make sure that you're taking care of. And so guys, that's what Christmas is all about is that we are sinners in need of a savior, but God loved you so much that regardless of what you've done in your life, he sent a savior. Now, the second part in this verse is that the the world looked at Mary as a little girl, but God saw a game changer. God didn't see Mary as, as this young, humble 12 to 14 or 12 to 15 year old young lady, he saw her as someone that would change the face of the planet. And guys, I'm here to tell you, without this 12 to 15 year old teenage girl that we probably wouldn't give a driver's license today, changed everything for you. So what I'm here to tell you is, don't allow the world to tell you who you are. Allow God to show you that he has created you for great things. Because I'm here to tell you, if, if, I, let, if I let the world dictate to me what I should be, I would not be here with you guys. I and mean, I can't tell you how many times, I mean, even today, it's so funny. That now, now that if anybody's with me, we laugh about it now. It used to make me really mad. But I, you know, I've gotten over it now. People used to look at me and go, oh, are you the youth pastor at your church? (laughs) It's like, no, I'm the pastor. You're the pastor? No, I'm just the youth pastor. (laughs) I I just get tired of, and and that's the thing, the world doesn't look, the world looks as age as something that's that's a limiter. But they look at age as a limiter even if you're young, but they also look at age as a limiter if you're older. But guys, I'm here to tell you, It doesn't matter if you're young. It doesn't matter if you're old. It doesn't matter if you're young and you don't know anything or you're you're older and you can't do the things you always used to could do. God is not done. God wants to do things with you. And until you take your last dying breath, he's not done with you. And so don't let the world tell you that you're young and you can't do anything. Don't let the world tell you that you're retired. Because you know, my, my grandfather, my Papa Barm says, he says, read this Bible. I don't see anything in there about retiring. You're supposed to work till the day you're dead. I'm like, all right, Papa, calm down. It's gonna be okay. So I've told Crystal, I'm probably never gonna be able to retire from pastoring, which just makes her go, <sighs> it's like, don't worry, baby, I'll take it to Europe. It'll be fine, It'll be good. We just have to minister while we're there. <laughs> but God will never Be done with you. Whether you're old, whether you're young, whether you're in between, don't let the world tell you who you are. Allow your Savior to tell you what he has made you to be. The second truth that we find in this song, and I'm gonna break this down a little bit, but the second big truth we find is he is a rescuing God. He is a rescuing God. He's here to rescue us just in time. Now, this is kind of, you're kind of getting two for one today. You're getting a two for one sermon special. I could really preach both of these messages as one message, but you're, you're getting the two for one today. So let's read this second part, starting in verse 51. He has shown strength with his arms. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their homes and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty, he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of, of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. In verse 51, the first part I kind of want to break apart in this section is that he rescues the helpless. He rescues the helpless. Now, we as the world would see Mary as helpless. Now, in ways she was If they would have found out that she was pregnant, she probably would have been stoned to death. But in the Jewish culture, she needed her husband to marry her. And so, in a way, she was helpless. But God knew that his plan was set into motion. So, no matter what you face, no matter what you're going through, no matter what life has thrown your way, don't worry. God is there. And so if you feel like you're out of options, if you feel like you've got nowhere to run, look to God. You know, don't lose sleep over your problem. God has it. Here's the thing. While you were sleeping, God was taking care of everything you needed. You never once had to think about it. But yet, this morning, we feel like suddenly we have to worry about it. You know, it reminds me of the principle of the Sabbath. Sabbath. The Sabbath is that one day we need to rest. One day the world can do without us. The question is, do we have enough faith that God can handle everything even though we're supposed to be resting? Now, I'm preaching to myself on that. There's some days that you have to go, all right, God, you've got everything. You need to handle it. And so we have to sit back and we have to go, okay, God, You are a rescuing God. You care for those that are in need. Take care of my thing. The second part of this is that he will exalt the humble. He will exalt the the humble. You never see in the scripture, God takes someone that was built up on high and exalt them even more. In fact, God takes those who are the most humble and lifts them up. Mary was a very humble servant. In fact, we hear a lot about David in our Christmas songs. David was in the line, was in the line of the Savior. He's King David that was in his line. It was, it was prophesied in Isaiah that David would be the grand or one in the line of our Savior. Now, if you know the story about David, when Samuel came looking for the king, he came to his house. And even David's dad sent David away to go feed the pigs because his dad didn't think he was father he was king material but Samuel went through all his sons and said i don't see the king here do, do you have another son and he's like well yeah i got this got this guy out back it's like being at the car dealership well, i got this piece of junk out back if you want to look at it but even David's father didn't think that he could be a great king, but God lifted him up. You know, it reminds me a whole lot, you know, if you, if you ever have the opportunity to go on a mission trip, I would encourage you to do it. Because it shows you, one, how really good we have it in America, and two, it shows you how we better shape up or God's gonna have a whole lot of apologizing to do. Because you, you see throughout history that God takes those that are humble and need him, and lifts them up. But as America, we've gotten to the point to where we almost don't need God. We've got everything we could ever want, we're prosperous, we're doing well as the nation, but yet, God has no place. And so I would caution us to understand that we need a great revival in our nation, or God's gonna have to apologize to a bunch of nations that he wiped off the planet, And so this is not political. I don't want to be political. I I honestly, I don't think politics changes nations. I think revival is what changes nations. And we are in great need of revival in our nation because we are not very humble. And so my quotable moment for today is seek humility, not glory. Labor for the Lord, not yourself. What you have to understand is the Christmas season is not about you. It's not, you know, we talk about what's on your Christmas list or what's this or what's that. But the Christmas season is about Jesus. What other time of year do you turn on any radio station that's playing Christmas music and you hear Jesus born in this, born in this day or silent, not holy, not all is calm. It's talking about the birth of our savior and the world is okay with that. Every other time of the year, they shove all that stuff off into the corner. But this year you can go to a, this time of year you can go to a mall and see a manger scene. This time of year you hear the message of Christ being proclaimed over the radio. This is the greatest time of year that you must understand that it's not about you and it's all about the Savior. Seize the moment. You know, I love Easter. In fact, Easter is one of my favorite favorite holidays of the year. But Easter lasts, it's, it's kind of here and gone. It's not like Christmas that lasts from June until the end of December, right? I feel like, I feel like we're preparing for the next Christmas on December 26th but seize the opportunity to understand that it's not about you. Nothing about church, nothing about your walk with God, nothing about anything we do is about you. It's all about the Lord. In fact, guys, that's what I'm saying to you. When you truly know that you have a relationship with Christ is when everything ceases to be about you and begins to be about our Savior. You know, I, 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 many people that I listen to talk about a relationship with the Lord much in the way of a marriage relationship. As a young single man, I would do whatever I wanted to. I would stay up late. I would throw my underwear anywhere I want to in the house. I would go and eat two foot long chili cheese conies from Sonic. Don't judge me, I know that's bad for you now. But I was a young man. I could do what I want. But then, a young lady came into my life. Her name was Crystal. And then I began to, she, was, she would come over to my house so I would pick up my underwear and not put them wherever I wanted to. I, <laughs> the lady's like, praise Jesus, right? I'd clean my house. I wanted her to be impressed. And so now, What I'm saying to you is is once we've gotten married, my behavior as a married man is not the same as it was as a single man. Let me tell you, Crystal would have a big problem if I went out on a date with another woman, a big problem. So my behavior has changed. I say, yes, ma'am, whatever you want, however you want me to do it, ma'am, right? Because I want to live. She's pregnant. Okay, have you noticed? And so what I'm telling you is now my behavior has changed because I am now in a relationship with my wife. In the same way, if you want to have a relationship with the Savior, your behavior must change. It can't be the same as it was. Otherwise, nothing has changed. My wife wanted to see a change in me. Otherwise, she wouldn't want to marry me, and I wouldn't blame her. Now, here's the cool thing. God loves you regardless. And he's going to love you through this process, but he wants to see a change in you because it's not about you, it's about him. Number three, he will fill the hungry. He will fill the hungry. What we're saying today is God is the God of the forgotten, the passed over, God takes those that were forgotten and passed over and makes them great. So there's nothing that's going on in your life today that God is not going to meet that need. Now, he may not meet it on the time schedule that we want. Now, when I say need, understand me. I understand in the Christmas season, a need is very, I need the new iPhone 10X Plus. I need it, okay, is what you're saying. Well, here's the thing. You will not die if you do not get the iPhone 10X Plus. You may feel like you're gonna die, but trust me, you will wake up the next morning and you will not be dead, okay? And parents, you can clip this out of the podcast and play this for your children, it's fine. But the Lord handles what we need when we need it and it's not always on the time schedule that we want it to be. And so we have to allow him to work on his schedule and not on what we think his schedule should be. Now that one's not in the notes. That was for somebody in this service. But are you willing for God to make you great and leave your past behind? Because guys, one of the greatest gifts that you can give yourself on this Christmas season is a relationship with him. But in order to have a relationship with him, like I mentioned earlier, you must leave who you were behind and become a new creation. The the Bible talks about it. It's called being born again. Now the disciples, it's it's a heady concept because the disciples didn't even get it. They asked Jesus, so what you're saying is, is I've got to crawl back into my mother's womb and be born again. And he's like, no, you ever have those friends that just don't understand anything? I felt like Jesus was like that with the disciples most of the time. You're like, listen, oh, you're making my head hurt. Just stop talking. Just stop. Just stop. But thankfully, he was a loving Savior. And what he's saying, the reason they use born again is because your life has to completely change. Now, I know. I know when you're thinking, you're like, pastor, are you trying to sell this or are you trying to scare everybody? Well, I'm not trying to sell it to you because... I know the gift that I have is the greatest gift you'll ever receive. But I also know that the Bible says that the path I'm telling you to take is a narrow path. Not everybody's gonna walk that path. But it's the greatest path you will ever walk. So what does this mean for us? What does this mean for you in your life today? If you're new here at Hope Church, I always try to end this message with with three questions to kind of challenge you throughout your week. The first question is this. Are you in need of God's saving grace? You know, for those of us that are sitting here, maybe some of you have never begun a relationship with Christ. Maybe some of you just walked the aisle at youth camp and said, you know, hey, I wanna say this prayer, but then I'm gonna go back and live my life the way that I want to. What I'm saying to you is, is an actual relationship with Christ is something of going, you know, hey, I lived this way once, but now I want to do it on the Lord's way. You know, I know from the moment God told me to preach this message, I knew that people were going to be saved today. We had a couple, a couple came up together, they're an engaged couple and said, we want to be saved together. So if no one else accepts Jesus today, this message was worth it. But what I'm telling you is I know that there's someone in this place today, maybe it's more than someone, that needs to understand that God has called you for more than what you're living now. He has so much more for you. Now, I'm not saying it's gonna be easy. It's not. But it's the greatest thing you'll ever do. It's, it's much like having children. It's the greatest no sleep you'll ever have. I'm about to experience that. Come Thursday. Woo-hoo, Right? It's going to be awesome. Baby will be here Thursday. His eviction notice is up, right? So, so y'all, be, y'all be praying for Crystal, and I'll be, I'll be running around the room going, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? So I wear myself out That the baby gets here, and I'm like, oh, I'm tired. An ADD guy in a room with a bunch of buttons. I'm like, what, what am I supposed to do here? I don't know. So pray for Crystal is what I'm getting at. So. Second question: Do you need God to come to your rescue? Do you need Jesus to come to your rescue? Did they put it up there like that? Good. They correct my English. <laughs> I was like, "That's dumb. What did? This? And I just now noticed this, the second service. I'm like, I need to learn how to type. Uh, do you need Jesus to come to your rescue? Because here's the cool part: He already has. He came to this earth 2,000 years ago, went to the cross and Mary, that we're talking about today, watched her son suffer and die for you. She didn't know, she probably didn't know she was gonna have to do that. But she knew that whatever he did would be exactly what you needed. And so whatever's going on in your life this Christmas season, God can rescue it. God can redeem it whether you're having trouble in your marriage, whether all the money that you want to get your kids Christmas may not be there, whether you've got people in your family that are sick, God can rescue and redeem it this Christmas season. There's a reason this is a magical season, and it's not because of that fat guy that lives at the North Pole. It's because of the humble servant that was born in a manger. That's why this season is so magical. The third question I have for you is this as Pastor Mo comes back Are you ready for God to make you something out of nothing? Are you ready for God to make you something out of nothing? That's what we have to understand. We have to understand that we are nothing, but with Jesus, we are everything. And so I'm here to tell you today. If you're sitting there and maybe you're gonna find yourself maybe one or two places. Maybe you feel like you've accepted Jesus before but you're not really living your life for him. Today's the day that you need to stop living for yourself and start living for him. Or maybe you find yourself going, "I, I don't know that I've ever done anything that he said. I want you to not leave this place today till you talk to somebody. I talked to you about the first service, we, we had a couple come up and say, hey, we mm-hmm. haven't been living for God and we want to. That gets me fired up. I'm ready to preach this 15 more times. Who wants to stay for that? Nobody? Okay. But guys, what I'm saying to you today is I know that there's somebody in this place that needs to walk with him. Stop trying to do it your way because your way is not gonna work and try doing it his way. So for those of you that are here today, we're gonna have a prayer team. In fact, prayer team, will you guys go ahead and get in place so they can see where you are? Have some people on the back walls and we'll have people up here in front of the, the carolers and the silver Christmas trees. And I want you to not just sit where you are, but respond to what God is calling you to do. And for you introverts out there, introverts rejoice. You rejoice silently so that no one can hear you. (laughs) A couple people got that, I'm glad. 817-968-1061. You can text anything to that line. Say, I want to accept Jesus. Hey, I'm far from God and I need some prayer. And one of our staff members will call you. We'll call you this week and we'll walk you through it. Hey, and if you need it, we'll buy you some Starbucks. Maybe not me particularly because I'm having a baby, but one of them will. And we'll, we'll talk about what it's like to walk with God. But don't leave this place till you've done something. Either walk up to one of these prayer people who are trained and ready for you. Or text, I need Jesus. I wanna walk with him today and respond to his call. And I also want to leave this open too. If you're struggling with something right now, God doesn't want you to leave this place until you've placed it in his hands. So don't just sit there and think, well, you know, he's, pastor's calling for people that need Christ. I am calling for people that that need to begin a relationship with Jesus today, but I'm also calling for people that need that savior to work in their life right now. So if you are struggling, if you have something that's going on that you need God to redeem today, let one of these prayer team, let them lift you up. Because they're not just standing up here for their health. It's so much fun to sit up here and make up the words that most singing because we don't have the words right in front of us. But we want to pray with you today. So don't leave this place until you've begun to move in the way that the Lord's called you. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you today. We thank you that 2,000 years ago, you gave up your position in heaven. You didn't give up who you were. You just began, you gave up where you were. And you came down into this place to become a humble baby boy, born in a manger, but ready to save the world. So Lord, I pray today, Lord, for those out there that need to begin a relationship with you. Lord, they've lived their life the way they wanted to. Now it's time to actually do what you've called them to do. Lord, I pray that they wouldn't just sit there any longer, Lord, that they would step out from where they are and talk to one of the prayer people. Lord, I pray for those people today, the couples that are struggling in their marriage, the daughter that's far from home and needs a savior. Lord, I pray for the people that need provision this Christmas season. Lord, I pray for those that are sick and need a healing touch today. Lord, I pray that we would not leave this place until you We have sought out your...